Our scripture reading today is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, through chapter 8, verse 3. It will be useful for you if you don't have a Bible to grab a Bible in front of you on a seat back. And if you have your own Bible, please turn to Luke chapter 7, verse 6. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say, teacher, a certain moneylender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Soon afterwards, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God and the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Madeline, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Harris, household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. Redeemer Church, what do we know about God's word? The 
Father God, we come to your holy throne this morning and ask that you will speak to us through your living word. Please help and humble me to speak your word with faithfulness, clarity, authority, and passion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. It's my honor and privilege to receive this call to be your assistant pastor uh, at a Redeemer Presbyterian Church, McKinney. As you know, I'm a gospel minister reaching out mainly to the Chinese community and international. But fear not, I don't, I don't, I won't speak Chinese this time. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And, and I would like to ask you, uh, don't focus on my English, but focus on the content and the beautiful story today, how God used uh, the powerful and the trans transformed woman to witness his forgiving grace and to show the love of Christ that fulfilled in those who put their trust in him. Uh, the text today is so rich and profound, so that's why we want to jump into the story. And also, I want to remind you, um, this is not an evangelized to everybody, the normal people, but also to the uh, hypocritical Pharisees as well. No one is outside the reach of God's gracious hand. And there are, there are three steps to receive Christ's forgiving grace. That, that is also our three points of the sermon today. Number one, come to him. Number two, love him. Number three, faith in him. Today's sermon entitled, A Lesson of Forgiveness. Number one, come to him. In verse 36, this is just a normal day that Jesus was invited to a Pharisee's house. But what surprisingly, everybody was shocking because in verse 37 says, Behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner. That will be a violation to the purity of the Pharisee, and also white people were shocking because they called this woman a sinner. And in Luke 14, Jesus proclaimed his mission, the heart for the world, and says, I've come to seek and save the lost. Those who are burdened, come to me. In Luke 5, 31, also says, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. So when, when we describe someone who is self-righteous, that means the person feels no need for a physician, no need for a savior. He is the king, he is his own master and lord. So what is, what is the reaction that people saw this sinful woman 
just slips in the group. You can imagine there are uh, Pharisees around. Jesus is right there among them. And all of a sudden, this sinful woman just entered and everything stopped. All activity paused. No chewing, no talking, nothing. So I began to wonder, what kind of woman is this? As they should and put the name and the mark on this woman as a sinful. Who was this woman? What happened to her life? What was she thinking? What did she want? She got a broken image. What kind of life can you imagine she had been through? This woman began to weep, as the scripture described in verse 38. Standing behind Jesus at his feet, weeping. What made him weeping? He is a sinful woman before the sight of those self-righteous Pharisees because they, they condemned him, they treated him as a social outcast, as a community hurt, unworthy, unwelcome, and is marginalized woman. Is a despised. It's a nobody. Unlovable. Nothing, basically. Can you bear with that kind of condemnation and live the normal life? Of course not. How can she bear such a burden? such a condemnation. And I appreciate and I admire her courage. She had a very well-thought plan. She heard and learned Jesus is going to be there in a specific day. So she prepared and brought her best, very expensive perfume, and risked her life try to get into Pharisee's house. Such a boldness. What, what is the momentum made her to do so? That is her hopeless. It is almost the end of her life. Jesus become her only. Have you heard about a story at, uh, uh, I think it is in Mark 5? There's a, there's a woman uh, with a discharge of blood, what did she say? She said, if only, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. If only I can, I can get close to Jesus, I can worship him, embrace him, I will be healed, I will have a peace, I, have a, I will have a confidence and affection to his, to his salvation, his love. Then I can begin a new day. It is this kind of heart, welding out, compels a person to do good, to begin a new life. Not only study 
the truth, but the truth become a new life out of her. Ladies and gentlemen, dear brothers and sisters, can you imagine while we share the gospel, what element that impacts your friends or unbelievers the most? What's the most impressed these people while we share the gospel other than proclaiming the truth? It's a living testimony from Bible, from your personal experience, from the trans transformed life that you can present, you can witness to the person you shared with. I remember a few years ago, I had an opportunity to share the gospel with one of the ESL students. She is an elderly sister. Everybody say very positive about her attitude. She has been strong and helpful and, you know, like a sunshine every day. But there's a, in the afternoon, and I talked to her and share a little bit. I want to know where is she, what's she doing. And, and when we comes to her family situation, then I realize how much burden she got, how much responsibility has been under her shoulder. And I quote, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who labor and are he heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come and rest. And I saw her face, the tears on her face streaming down for minutes. Her outburst of emotion, the momentum continues, and he, she was crushed, crushed and began to share how hopeless she had been. And I, I brought her be, before the Holy Throne and to pray and ask for forgiveness. With her repentant heart on that day, she received Jesus Christ as her Savior and the Lord. And I continue to use her story, her testimony, to witness to the people in the community up to today for God's blessings on our ministry. There were 35 adults came to Christ because all the people and the brothers, sisters like you, working together through the ESL ministry and the outreach ministry to witness the powerful love and the living word that changed people's lives. So who is this woman? She, is she got a broken image, needs to restore to back to the image that God has given us. What happened to her life? She's completely out. Outside of, outside of community, out of hope, she needs to be accepted again, to be embraced by the love of Christ and begin a new life. What was she thinking? 
right at the moment, what they thought about is only Jesus is her hope. So the wounded heart and the wounded souls need to find a resting place that is only in Jesus Christ. Rest. All who are burdened, come to me. Come. So, as we know, the Sermon on the Mount describes what kind of people in the kingdom of God are we going to get together in the future. Then you have to get used to it. And even somebody you'd, you'd really don't like them. <laughs> Those are blessed because the love of God is for those who confess their sin. They know they have the need for the Savior. So in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, those, the, those, uh, those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. The satisfaction is only in Jesus Christ can be found when a person repents, when a person dissatisfied with this world. So come, come to Jesus with repentance and receive his forgiveness, restoration, and transform lives. Number two, love him. Love him. This is something the hypocritical Pharisees did not have. In verse 39, Jesus knew Pharisees' thoughts because when Jesus ministered to the woman, the Pharisee saw all this and he it said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. How do people define sinner by the time? They mark their life in sinfulness. And if somebody say someone is sinner, that means he is not. He exempted from that category. And we, as we read the Bible, we know who is the chief sinner of all, has been said. Apostle Paul. And in, Roman, in Romans 5, well, in Romans 3, verse 10 says, None is righteous. No, not even one. We are all, un we are all under God's grace. That's why by faith we we are saved. When Jesus heard this, Jesus knew what Pharisees thought, and Jesus knew our thoughts as well. But at the same time, the forgiving grace still reached to the Pharisees. So 
Jesus began to use the parable from verse 41. A certain money lender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled a larger debt, and he said to him, you have judged rightly. One denarii equals to approximately a day wages. So one owes like two months, the other two years. In debt is not a pleasing thing. It is a heavy laden. But, uh, but here, Jesus expressed and extended his forgiving grace to the unbelieving Pharisees and also to demonstrate his authority to do so, to forgive sins. Only, there's an only condition. You have need. You repent. Like this uh, broken-hearted woman in the former passage, you see how she reacted to Jesus. She entered weeping. They all burst of sorrow, despise, and all her broken hearted pour out, turn into tears, wash, washed his, her, her Lord and Savior. The only is to come to, her, come to his, his Savior and worship him. Pour out her heart. Lord, have mercy on me. It's a kind of yelling out of her heart. I think it is very critical and very important moment, and it's hard for Jesus to deal with among those Pharisees who were watching them. What would they have thought? What a world is sinful woman must have a relationship or looks so familiar with Jesus. How could that be? That's why Jesus began to use parable. Talk about forgiveness that is God's grace. Demonstrate is a prophet has authority to forgive sins only when you Recognize you are a sinner. You need grace. You repent. You find yourself hopeless. You find yourself can't find any satisfaction in this world. When the moment comes out, then that's the time you become redeemable. So from Verse 44 through 48, I think that is the moment at the same time Jesus began to use the, the love that is in that woman, that the woman shows her affection 
appreciation and a gratitude to her Savior. So then verse 44 says, turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? That means, do you care? Have you ever, have you ever recognized this woman? Because that woman lived in that city. Everybody knows that. She is a sinner. Most likely, she is a prostitute. Do you care? Do you love your neighbors? So how shows the woman's emotion, affection for Jesus that applies to the moment when Jesus asked Simon, do you see this woman? And by the following text, Jesus used that to identify, to show, to point out what the Pharisee, Simon, did not do. Jesus began to say in verse 40, 45, and uh, no, 40, the second part of 44, said, I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and, and wiped them with her hair. And you gave me no kiss, you did not anoint my head with oil, you did nothing but she did what you should have done. Her love abounded because of me. So you, that's why when it uh, uh, goes to the verse 47, therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. Love that matters. Forgiveness always comes before love because the woman received Jesus' forgiveness. That impacts her life. That's why love will now feel in her life. Remember Peter denies Jesus in John 21. Jesus said, do you love me? Peter answered, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, him, said to him, feed my sheep. Do you know this woman? Do you love her? Feed her. Love her. Cares for her because of me. If I were Jesus, during that event, of course I did not qualify. I would, I would ask and challenge Simon, this Pharisee, by saying, Simon, can you cite uh, which one is the great commandment in the law and the like, and, and the second is the like? It, do you think it's right moment appropriate by the time to challenge what's your faith, what's your belief. It should, it should have a transformation. You should be changed. And what 
as we know, Matthew 22 says, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. 38, this is the great and the first commandment, and the second is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus meant she is your neighbor. This sinful woman is your neighbor. Do you care? Do you love? That's, that is because she loved much. This woman loved and embraced Jesus with entirety, fully, completely. And he brought her best. The cost, the cost perfume, the best to worship him, to embrace him. You imagine that picture, the woman standing there weeping and wiping tears on Jesus' feet and poured out the best and costly perfume on his feet. It's almost a hole in Jesus. She didn't want to let go of Jesus. It is kind of relationship changed. It's, it's kind of love out of her life. This is, this is the beautiful picture of the gospel. What label is our love and affection to Christ for his salvation? It's always our challenge. We should be humble and again refocus on the cross, what Christ has done for us. So go, Romans 5, go show his love for us in that while, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means God loves us first, even when we were sinners. Because God loves us first, so that we can love others. Love matters. The greatest is love. Love him. So number one, come to Jesus, come to him. Number two, love him. Number three, Faith in him. Faith in him. In verse 49, says, Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this? Who even forgives sins? That means, who gave Jesus authority to do that, to forgive sins? Who gave him the permit to do that? Where, where is his permit? They never satisfy whatever gospel message preached to the sinners. And then in, in verse 50, Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you, go in peace. This comes to the high peak of the entire gospel story. This is our hope. This is the light of the world being revealed. The, the Pharisees remain in the period of doubt. They consider Jesus is a blasphemer. Therefore, they are still under the power of sin and the guilt. But in verse 50, 
as Charles Spurgeon concludes, salvation is assurance, salvation is a promise, and it's the present theme. It's directly from the lips of Christ Jesus, also in writing through his word. Think about a woman has assurance from his Lord. Your sin has been forgiven. Go in peace. Go in peace. That is a document that we need when everything has been approved. We need assurance. We need a promise. Especially, we need that promise in writing. This is our assurance. The God's word and the salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So Jesus said, go in peace. That is a permission. This is something already accomplished, the great work of the salvation by Christ Jesus upon the cross. When he laid down his life for us, now with, with what price is not cheap. It is his, because his body broken for us, his blood shed for us. Your faith has saved you. It's not because you brought me your costly perfume. It's not because you are bonus to risk your life to see me. It's not everything that you have worked so hard. It's grace. It's forgiving grace. It's God's love for all of us who come to him and put our trust in him. Dear friends and brothers, I would like to invite you to listen to the holy word of God for our hope and assurance. In Isaiah uh, 53, verse 3 says, He was despised and rejected by men. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Brothers and sisters, what a comfort. What a blessed for the poor in spirit, for the humble, for the needed people, for those who find no satisfaction in this world. Psalm 32, 1 says, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the one find his own brokenness before the Lord. God so loved the world. God loves you. No matter what has happened to your life and where are you, today he invites you, all of us, to come 
come to him, love him, to have faith in him, and our sin will be remembered no more. Our faith that will save us because God's grace. So go in peace, not go into kind of peace, but go into the peace of Christ for eternity from now on. Salvation is a present thing. It's from now on. The woman repent and was saved. That happened. And the gospel writer recorded and we recited today and we share today. We are one of them. The Lord has a future promise for our assurance as well. Remember the women, tears on the feet of uh, Jesus and wipe them, worship him. But our Lord, his body broken for us. His blood wash away all our sins. We cannot pay off our sin debt, but he paid it all. And he also made a promise. It is a hope and assurance for our future. The recording in Revelation 21, 4 to 5, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and the death shall be no more. Neither shall be there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the holy, holy throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Isn't it a good news? Isn't it an assurance and future hope for every one of us sitting here, listen to his word. God is a living God. His word is a living word that can change everyone's life. No matter where you are, your cultures, your languages, whatever, who is brokenhearted with a humble heart, come. Come to him. Love him and put your faith in him. Let's pray. Dear God, I'm asking that your saving grace and love would continue to follow us all the days of our life. Teach us to understand your way and grant us wisdom as we live. Pray and study your word. To you be the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.